almost feel like this game doesn't uh, deserve a car cast. I wouldn't mind. You want to talk about what I did this afternoon instead? What did you do this afternoon? Well, I, uh, it was more entertaining than the game tonight. Okay. I took the kids, uh, my wife and I took our boys to see Jumanji. It was the last day they go back to school tomorrow. So we did a little matinee, made it a little tight, made you wait a couple of minutes as I was getting ready uh, because I lost two and a half hours of the afternoon. Two-hour movie plus the transit time and stuff, maybe three hours of crap. But you know what? It was extremely funny. It was very funny. It was entertaining. It was we had a good time, and it was better, better than what we saw on the AAC ice tonight. It was a good movie. I saw. I've seen it. It was a good movie. Uh, do you argue with my take on it's better than the game tonight, as far as entertainment value? I, yeah, I would argue that. You would, or you would say you agree with me? No, the movie was more entertaining than the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a very entertaining hockey game. We're on the same page there. It was a. Uh, it was. I mean. Very little the first 40 minutes. Very little the first 40 minutes, and, uh... By the way, by design for Columbus especially. Yeah, and... I'm they gonna, were not trying... To, they were trying to not lose. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to say it once, just for people who haven't heard it before I, <laughs> before I hammer it, before it gets hammered away, but this was... Columbus had come into this game allowing 15 goals in their last three games. Um, John Tortorella actually had a sign in the locker... used to have a sign in the locker room that said... Uh, Safe as death. Uh, Trying to encourage his players to take risks and play aggressive offensive hockey. Yes. Which, as a, as a casual fan, that's what you want to see. It's more exciting. Yes, but it had led to 15 goals against in the last three games, and so he actually took that sign down, and tonight he wanted his team to play safe. And uh, you know what? That's what they did. It was Columbus collapsed. They made. They really didn't give up much of the ice at all. And when they, and when they needed to make, he, he wasn't. He wasn't really tested all night. But when he need, when they needed their Vesna winning goalie to make that key save, he did. And were there any? When you look back, especially the first forty minutes. Were there any where you went, oh, wow, that was a great save? Well, the save on Hamhuis. Yes. yes. That was the one. That was the one save. Look, he made some good saves, but the only one that I thought was really a game changer was the, the one where Spezza, Radulov, Yanmark combined to set up Hamhuis, and he made a sprawling save with his left side, left pad, I think. Yeah, and, that, and that's a goal where I think and it's easy to play. It's easy to look at hindsight of this, but that's a goal where... That goal's one nothing, and they and Dallas goes into the third period up one nothing. Yep. And if Shore gets the second one to go up two nothing, you're it's, over. A, it's over. I don't. I mean, I don't think Bjorkstrand comes back and scores two goals if Dallas is up two nothing. It's I don't. It's not the same game. So right. That, that save was that save was huge for Columbus. Um, it allowed in in the first forty minutes. It was boring. It was boring. Yeah, even John Slapshot goes off the crossbar and in instead of off the crossbar and out. It's two nothing. Yes. I mean. That was, talk about timing, just pounded, like full-on cannon blast from the left side, hits the, the crossbar, and then they come the other way and they score. Tie game, and then the next shift they score again. And it's, 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 it's funny is the wrong word, but we talk about how things can swing in the game, and we had actually, right at the, uh, as we were... 
that sequence actually has that sequence happened. Ben Fromstein, uh, Stars PR, typically comes over to us and asks us for kind of our, who, who we want yep. for post game, and we're thinking about it. And right as bef- right before we uh, right before the shot by Johns, as, as we're leaning the, the plays leading to that zone, um, I asked Ben, said, "How about 28?" And <laughs> how about 28? And then uh, a little bit of irony there. And then uh, then right away, and then. 30 seconds later, Johns has that shot that, 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 that he misses and doesn't score on, and then the other 28 scores. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, but, I mean, Johns was, was, Johns actually had a really good game. Up, there was one mistake, and it was, it was a tough play. It was a tough play, and watching it a couple times now, it's something where I give him a little bit of a, give a little bit of leniency. It's just, it was a tough play, and it's a bad break in what otherwise was a good game for Johns, actually. Yep, and that's that's the worst part about a game like that, because the chances were few and far between, but there were a couple, and to win a game like that, you have to score when you get that odd chance. You have to be very efficient. If you waste them, you're not going to get many more. And... You know what's amazing, Sean, is that the Stars have been, uh, they lost both games against Columbus last year, so that's three in a row, and obviously uh, Bobrovsky has yet to lose in his career at the American Airlines Center, which is just an incredible stat. It's pretty fun. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think that. So uh, tonight was Bobrovsky's 200th career win. He's um, 200th career NHL win. And it's pretty amazing to think that he has 10 career wins against Dallas on a team that he's only been in the same conference as for one year of his career. <laughs> like That's crazy. Like they, There was the one year, his first year in Columbus was the year uh, Dallas, Columbus was still in the Western Conference. Um, but the rest of his career has been the time Columbus was back, had moved to the East. Or his he second was year, in Philly. Or he was in Philly. So it's pretty amazing to think, it's pretty amazing to think that he has... Of his 200 career wins, one twentieth of them has have come against Dallas. Like, yep. and his, and, yeah. Look, he was good. Um, I, I think the Blue Jackets defended as a team, clog and slog tonight. I, I don't want to go so far as to say they were beaten by Bobrovsky, but he was good. They weren't they, beaten. They, no, they, the game. they weren't. They weren't beaten by Bobrovsky. He, they did, were, he did enough to help his team win, but it was his team's block shots. And, Yes. Look, it was the third period, too, because I, in going into the third, Columbus had a lot fewer block shots than the Stars did. They were just keeping shots away. They had the puck more. Yes. And it wasn't, it wasn't a massive deal. A lot of the Blue Jackets' chances or shots and shot attempts were not good chances in the first two periods. Yeah. Right? It was dump the puck, fire it from anywhere. A lot of Stars blocked a lot of shots early. Just It was a... It was the emoji meh yeah. for most of that game. Or, as Ken Hitchcock put after the game, when we asked him about it, we asked him about the details of the game, and literally, the actual, actual quote that this I used quote. in the story was, blah, 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 blah. I'm adding a couple blahs, but it was, it was blah. Well, and, and here's the thing that I said on our post-game show on the radio. One of Hitch's core principles is you win, you have a lead in the third period, you keep the lead and win the game. You, you lock it down, tighten defensively, you don't give up the lead, especially in the third. And he said that, right? Yeah. I, it doesn't matter. We didn't play very well, but we had a one nothing lead in the third. Yep. Right where you need to be. Have to win that game. And that's, look, it's one game, 
It's disappointing. It's not the end of the world. The stars can recover from this just fine. But I can understand the frustration is, hey, we weren't great. Neither were they. We scored on the first shot of the third period. We've got to find a way not to give away two one-on-one looks against our goalie, right? Yeah. I mean, I know that it was sort of a fluky bounce that gets past Stephen Johns for the first Bjorkstrand goal, but and then he goes a little wide. But again, why are they with speed getting around you when you have a one nothing lead? Yeah. Or even a tie game. And even not even just on the and I know some people will disagree with me because I saw the Twitter reaction from some people, but you also need that vision to make those saves. Those, sure. That's that's a third period. You'll admit that. I mean, you probably yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, have to yeah, talk to you about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that's but that's 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 a second third period in a week and a half that he has let up two goals in the third period after being tremendous for the first four minutes. You're talking about St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis, where the Stars came back to win that game, but second time in less than a week and a half where he's been in the third period and and, uh, and look, Ben Bishop's body of work has been, I'm not I'm not arguing against his body of work this year. He's been he's been a stabilizer the Stars needed, but they brought him in to make that save in the third period. He's supposed to make that save um, and that's the type. Those are the type of goals that in the past we would rip on car. People would rip on Carly Lettinen or Anthony because they didn't make those third period saves. And that's what the Stars needed tonight. Now, obviously, you need to get you need to challenge Bobrovsky more and get more on the other end. But if we want to, I'm being and I realize I'm being nitpicky on Bishop, but it's right, I still one more think goal you need of the first two yeah. periods and you win that hockey. Game. One more goal after Shore's goal and you win that game. So. But you're right, you'd like to be able to win that one one nothing because Columbus did not create a whole heck of a lot. No, they did not. They, they were on the short end. Of, so they had more shots and shot attempts, and they were, on my unofficial count, on the low end of the chances. They did not get it. I had it 15 to, to 10 stars in quality chances. If you give up 10 quality chances against in a game, that's, an inc- that's a really good number, really yeah. low. If you lose that game when you outchance them and give up only ten, that's that's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Well, to kind of spin it positive, not well, not spin it, but to talk about some positive things to take away. I mean, Evan Shore gets his second goal, and Shore has goals in back-to-back games now. Yep. Uh, now there's some other things in that game where the Stars look kind of sleepy throughout the entire night. I mean, the, the only line that really played well the entire game from start to finish was the Fox line. Yep. Um, just like if you, the Fox line, the impact they had tonight was every time I looked down, I felt like they were taking every other shift. Yes. Like just, it, it seemed like. You're, and I think they were getting more because of the fact yeah. that they were playing well. And, Look, that seems like a nightly occurrence, doesn't it? It does. It that is. Hinge says, hey, that Fox line was good. Mm-hmm. So here's my question I asked Bruce, and I'll ask it to you. Okay. Is Roussel Fox and Pitlick the best third line in hockey right now? Um, if, it, if not, is it arguably one of the best third lines in hockey right now? It's not the best third line in hockey because Tyler Johnson is the third line center for Tampa Bay. That's, that's silly. But no, that's silly. I mean, only in the sense that Tyler Johnson to me isn't a third line center. No, but, but you're, and, and this is not this is not an indictment against Fox and Roussel and, and Pitlick, but that third line on Tampa Bay, that Tampa Bay team is dynamic. Okay, so is, if it's not the best, is the Stars' third line 
one of the top in the league. Yes, I would. I would. So, right, so that's a really great asset to have. Yes. What are they lacking in their top two lines to make that a, a first three or a top nine that really is one of the better ones in the NHL? Well, you're missing the scorer that we had hoped Brett Ritchie would become. Yep. And he never did. Um, and, I mean, you need, a, you need a top six winger that can actually put the puck in the net and just actually has that bit of that killer instinct and actually can finish. They just don't have... Basically another... It doesn't have to be exactly the same style of play, but kind of like another Radulov, right? Yes. Either wing, um, and it would be, be interesting to see who... If the Stars were able to go out and get somebody between now and the trade deadline time... Or get a guy like Shore Yanmark to pick up the pace offensively, or even Jason Spezza to find another gear. I mean, the question is, Sean, in two months, will they find what they're missing in that role in-house? I don't think they will. Personally, I don't think they I'd like to be hopeful that they would be, but personally, I just don't see the... And if you look in the minor leagues and the guys that are coming up... Uh, and, and for example, I actually thought Jason Dickinson had a very limited role tonight, but I thought Jason Dickinson actually, for his minutes, he did what you could have sure. asked. Sure. Oh, no and, and I thought he looked more comfortable at center. I'm not sure. And we talked to him on the yeah. post-game show tonight. Okay. Uh, he says he feels more natural at center. He says he can play wing. I think he was fine at wing yeah, yeah. when he played. Um, but they, they just played. They only had four shifts the whole first period. Yeah. So that's two minutes of ice time. No. So they, um, they just weren't getting a lot of time. And then as the game goes along, they get less and less because you kind of to, to get your big guys back out there. Um, I, I don't. But think if you look, at, if you look at Dickinson, uh, I think Dennis Gurionov isn't developed far enough along yet. No, he is not. Um, and that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's that's just okay. a longer yeah, yeah. project. Um, Robe hints. I'm not sure if he's a top six scoring player. He's a well, maybe, but again, young. Ropa hints and Ropa hints is a he can be a top six player, um, but he's not the type of top six player that you come in. I, I don't think he's the the fix this year, um, just because he's not a he's not ready defensively to play what Ken Hitchcock needs. Right, and B. From what just watching him play, he's developing into more of that uh, that creator with the puck, where he's the guy who he's not the shooter like a Tyler Sagan is or right. anything like that. But, but he could be a great setup he's, guy. He's the guy who has the puck and creates space for teammates while he has the puck. Yep. And I think the guy the Stars need on that in that top six now is a guy who on the Ben and Sagan line. If, if it's Ben and Sagan, say you keep Radulov with Spezza and Yanmark. Okay. Which or, has been good. Or, or, or even or if you, go, or if you, or even if you go Radulov back up there, and you're putting them with Spezza, and uh, I think you're looking for a winger to go. You're looking for a winger that is good away from the puck, knows where to be, yep. and finishes. And I mean, to but the, here's my thing: yeah. the, the next opportunities in house yeah. are younger players that aren't ready yet, who aren't even playing pro yet. Correct. Jason Robertson could develop into something like yeah, that. He's a ways away. A yeah, ways yeah, away. Yeah. Um, Riley Tufty again. Ways away, but could be one of those guys. Frederick Karlstrom, who's playing at the World Juniors for Sweden right now, he could be a guy that I think would be really fun to watch in in a few years' time. Yep. Again, the, the, it's not a this season or even next season opportunity. Uh, the closest, Sean, right now, Val Nachushkin. 
who is a next year guy. Mm-hmm. So it ha- to me, again, look, I'm not saying that somebody, maybe Richie finds something out of this doldrums and comes into it. Maybe he doesn't. I'm having a hard time figuring out where that extra guy is going to be. Or it's got to be a guy like Spezza. If Hansel's healthy and Spezza plays on the wing and he's scoring, which, look, he's been better lately, setting some, making, getting some assists and being involved. I thought he was pretty good tonight. But it, it seems like there may be an opportunity. If you looked at, uh, you know, two months from now is the trade deadline, end of yeah. February. Somebody asked us on our post-game call-in segment, what's the need for the Stars? You know, what's the de- possible deadline? It may be totally different in two months. It may be totally but different. But right now, that's what I think is their, their biggest priority. I don't think it's goaltending. I don't think it's... I think their defense, especially with Mathot as part of the group of seven, very good. Mm-hmm. Again, can they get better? Sure, but I, I think that's okay. That's the one... Uh, you disagree? Is there no, anything I, else I, that I, there I, is? No, I agree with you on that completely. And the... Uh, I mean, to kind of... And I had hinted at, we talked at the end of the last car cast where I said there's some names that'd be interested in me. And like, so I'll bring up the name. And I know you probably, I think you actually said you brought it up in the post game show today, but yep. name I would be interested in just because of the, and this is not a, and this is not give him, not sign him long. This is a guy that you can bring in. You're talking about rental. And rental, and he's sort of a rental because he still has a year after this, but Max Pacioretty in Montreal. Um, okay. Who I think. You're thinking we need a top six player who can score goals, and I think if you brought him in, now you had it, it might be a bit tricky to make the cap work for this year. So you might have to wait till the deadline. But stars have a lot of cap space next year, especially with Kari Lettinen's contract coming off. And the fact they're projecting that the cap could go up to yeah. eighty exactly. plus, which would be at least a six million dollar jump. Exactly. And so I think I think bringing in a guy like Max Pacioretty, who. You put him on, say, okay, well, say you bring Pacioretty in, and okay, you put him with Ben and Sagan. That's a pretty, cool. good, that's a pretty good line, and then you allow Radulov and Spezza to kind and of... Hansel and yeah. Janmark. Well, here's the other thing. If that's the case, I love the idea of having... I mean, in theory, you could have Devin Shore or, uh, or Janmark on a fourth line. I mean, that's real depth. And I think that's where we had at the beginning of the season... We were looking at camp saying, well, if Richie's in your top six, because we thought, you know, this might be the year he steps into that top six power forward on the right side. Mm-hmm. Radulov on the top line, Richie in the second line, or vice yeah. versa. Yeah. And that drove either Shore or Yanmark down. And that really gives you incredible depth. And I just, we're not seeing that right now from him. No, I think, I think Devin Shore is, I think Devin Shore is, I know Ken Hitchcock really likes Devin Shore as a player. I do too. And, and I like Devin Shore as a player, but I think he is a bottom, I think he's a bottom six player. Um, well, actually, I think he'd be a phenomenal guy on that third line too. Yes. Right? With, with some skill. I, he, there's maybe more offense there than the typical bottom six guy. Yeah, but, but also the other thing that Shore has is the, oppor- the out opportunity brings in. He gives you some flexibility to. There could be a spot open on that third line, because right now that third line is Purcell, Foxa, and Pitlick. And now we're getting way ahead of ourselves right here, but my gut tells me it's going to be Foxa, Pitlick, and somebody else next year. Yeah, um, Mark or or or, or, or sure. Just because I think you know what I, I'd like to see Yamark score more goals. He's had a couple over the last three or four games, but I he's always around the puck. He makes very smart plays. I like him in the top six. 
Yeah, no, but I, I think my, my point being is I think yep. Antoine Roussel is not a part of the Dallas Stars on opening night next year. And I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself just because, but that I just look at the contract situation and we mentioned the cap going up and I, I just think what the market demand will be, um, that's, and that's something we can talk about. If somebody wants to talk about that more, you can always tweet at me and we can debate it. But uh, <laughs> the uh, So somebody's going to have to step into that role eventually. And I think if you had a guy like Pacioretty steps, steps into the top six, all of a sudden you can move one of those guys to the third line. And it in your fourth line, I mean, what? Like your fourth line right now, if you have... Not only is Brett, Brett Ritchie... I don't see what Brett Ritchie is doing to stay in the lineup. Like, he actually had two games ago um, against St. Louis. I thought he was okay. I, I like that line there. Yeah. They had some penalty trouble. Uh, uh, the Stars did. Mm-hmm. And so the fourth line didn't get a lot of ice time. And then the third period, they gave up a couple goals, and so they didn't play yeah. a lot. But I thought they were actually one of the better lines in the first period of that game. I thought they were, too. But I think if Ellie comes back in, I'd, keep, I'd take Ritchie out. Instead of Dickinson, I, I would keep. Dickinson I mean, you can and, tell that yeah. Ken Hitchcock after the Christmas break is really trying to give Rhett Ritchie a, a chance to to play and not think. It still seems like he told us before the break. There's a, a half second hesitation going on. Mm-hmm. He's thinking and not playing, and because of that, there's he's not firing. He has a if he gets open, he has a great wrist shot. One of the hardest ones. He's a, that, he's a great shot. But, he but there's the net a, too much. But there's yeah. a, a, a delay because he's thinking too much. And here, just quickly, uh, just some fun ones. I was sort of skimming the list of pending free agents. It would be rental players. Yeah. Okay. Forwards that will be UFAs at the end of this season. Um, and I'm trying to skim over the guys that I think are playoff teams. Montreal has one, Thomas Placanic, which is an interesting role guy, but I don't think fits the role that we were talking about. No. Um, the most intriguing in the top part would be. Uh, well, John Tavares, but that's a different argument, and that's not. Let's we're dreaming now. Um, it's a pipe dream, wouldn't it be? Yes. I don't think the Islanders would make that trade unless they absolutely knew they weren't going to sign him. Yeah. Um, Rick Nash, but I think the Rangers are too close to a playoff spot to consider that. Yeah. Would be kind of fun. Uh, same with Joe Thornton because St. Louis or San Jose's a, a pretty good team. They came back and won in Montreal tonight. So. Then you skip over the Sedin twins because that, I think that's kind of past its run. And so here's some. And you, and you can't trade for one Sedin twin. No. Have, well, here, a, here's a few names to, to consider Evander Kane from Buffalo. Buffalo obviously not having a good year. There's a big question mark over Vegas, even though they're one of the better teams in the Western Conference. James Neal and David Perron fit that list because I think initially that was the idea. I think that was the idea, but I don't think... I, I think they're going to they're, they're be a buyer, I think. So those are the, the sort of the top ends of that. Um, again, Joel Ward, who always seems to find goals, but again, he's getting older, and I don't think that's what you're looking for now. Um, and then, boy, it's the same old story. It's Lee Stepniak, who's been traded just about every year at the deadline, playing for Carolina right now. Uh Redeem Verbata with the Florida Panthers. Blake Como with the Avalanche. I mean, boy, I'm not seeing... The rental market is not I'm not, not great. seeing that right there. The rental market you is not You know what's the one that is interesting to me? Uh, Edmonton Oilers, Patrick Maroon. If he could play big, physical, nasty, front of the net, score some goals, which we've seen him play before, that might not be a terrible thing to throw out there. Is he he's a UFA next season? Yep. Thomas Vanek, another one. Again, I think he's past the point yeah. where you want that. But 
Those are a couple guys that stand out just in the quick skimmer of things here. Yeah, it's... Any intrigue on that, any of those? Or is... I mean, look, Pat's ready to... If you could get that, would be way... I think would be preferable to any of those guys. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's, there's no one that really... I could see a justification for Maroon as a rental. Colton Sevier um, is a UFA this year. I would take him on this team. Oh, yeah. If you could get him, I wouldn't give away big assets for him. But. Mm -hmm. well, like, he's actually a guy I wouldn't be surprised if he... And not, not to Dallas, but in general, he's a guy I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved because Florida is not going to be... Something for, you know, a pick. Yeah. I don't know. Just doesn't seem like there's a ton out there that would both be interesting and be from a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs and make a big impact for a you know it's not a this isn't a depth role player position this is the, the need of what we talked about maybe we're getting too overly it's two months away but we were getting too we are but the other thing is they don't need any depth players that's no. the thing they have they, they and there are, are young guys they, coming they, up yeah, that can fill yeah, that too they have yeah. a roster of depth players kudos to Jamel Smith and. Brett, uh, and Remy Ellie Dickinson for showing that they can play. And look, Curtis McKenzie's down there. He can be a, a fourth liner if the Stars needed one. I, I'm not concerned. Even Richie's right now filling that role. So plenty of depth there. Plenty of depth. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see the need for a fourth okay, liner. Okay. So let's reset here. Okay. Aside from all of that, because it's a fun thinking exercise. But it's more, it's more fun than talking about that last game. It is. So yeah. Let's move on. That game was not fun. Correct. It was dull. It was a disappointing result, especially after they got the lead. They, for the second time this year, the Stars didn't get a power play, which is disappointing because uh, the Columbus penalty kill is not very good. Correct. Their power play is really not very good, as we saw in their one chance. Uh, but the San Jose Sharks laid an egg, mm -hmm. literally and figuratively, on New Year's Eve in Dallas. Yes. Turned it around, went to Montreal, and again, the Canadians are not a good team They're right now. They're not a good hockey But they, they put a hurt into them. I think it was 4-1, 5-1, mm -hmm. and they won the game on the road. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils, the opponent for the Stars on Thursday night, mm -hmm. is a much better hockey team right now than the Montreal Canadiens. Correct. So this isn't going to be a simple task, nor was it for San Jose tonight, but... This is what the Stars want to do. They have a six-day break coming up. They play the Devils on Thursday and the Oilers on Saturday. You'd like to have some positive thoughts going into the break. Right? Correct. I mean, yeah. It's, so let's look ahead because yeah. let's not look back yeah. to what was yeah. tonight. Mm -hmm. I mean, New Jersey's, New Jersey's a good, better team, much better team than anyone expected them to be this year. I um, think they may be one, the best team in the Metro. Perhaps. They might be. They're um, a really tough team to play against. They're a tough team. Good, nice local tie. I'm sure that you guys will talk about on your pregame oh, show course. with two Plano. Mason uh, and Coleman. Yep. We did it last year, but look, Blake Coleman feasts on the Dallas Stars. I don't know what it is, but he maybe it's because he grew up in the area, and he has points in, in his career. I mean, only four or five games now, I think, and he's got four uh Four or five goals just seems to love to play against the Dallas Stars. Yeah, and why not? It's yeah. the team you cheered for growing up, so of course you're excited every time you play. Yeah, and so it's it's and you've got New Jersey, who also has the the first overall pick from this past year's draft, um, who has played very well. Um, and that's a game that uh, it's a you need to I mean they're playing. It's it's a team that it's a good another good measuring stick game. You need to win. It's another good team. 
and you build off that. If you, if you can win that game, if you win off that game, you can look at tonight and say, okay, it was a bad game. We just build off. We just move forward. Right. Um, I mean, they, they were at a four-game home winning streak, mm-hmm. so now they've won four of their last five at home. And they've won four of their last six games, too. And like if you game, win that yeah. game, then you've won five of six, mm-hmm. and you head into the Edmonton matinee, and you're in pretty good shape. The Devils played tonight and lost in a shootout in St. Louis, so they'll be here and, and get a chance to rest. But there's no energy bonus there. They'll be here. You know, they may already be. They may have actually already gotten on the plane and flown to Dallas by the time we got out of the building. Probably. They may. They may have. So they they'll practice in some regard tomorrow. Maybe it'll be an optional. Yeah. But uh, it'll be a fun one. Yeah, and then Edmonton on Saturday, where it's that's uh, the matinee games are always fun for us because it's the I like it. It's the, it's the two o'clocks are great actually because it's you get to sleep in a bit and you yeah no morning skate so it's just go to the rink once mm-hmm. and uh, let's get it going and I'll tell you what the players hopefully the players will be really fired up for that one too uh, Sean because of the fact that uh, they have a break I know some players have uh, travel plans that evening yeah after the game's over so hey. Go out on a high. Well, you hope you go out on a high, and it's, not, and it's not the other thing where you're thinking about those travel plans already. You hope not. Yes. So, we will see. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, and also, it'll be interesting to see if... Okay, here's one more question for okay. you, um, since we seem to be dragging all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, goaltending. Uh-huh. You have two games left. Yes. One of our fans asked if Kari Lettinen gets the start on Thursday after tonight's game. Do you think, I, I said afterwards, or I said during the broadcast, that if they felt that Ben Bishop gives them the chance to win against the Devils and then they want, and he plays well and they want to do, he, because of the break and because it's every other day, they don't have to change goalies. Correct. But I could argue that they should for one of the two games. What do you think? Do you, give, do you go back to Ben, give him a chance to redeem, or do you say, hey, take this one off and get ready for Edmonton on Saturday? Um... I would still go with Bishop the next two. Um, I can see the case to going to Kari, um, but I think the next time we see Kari Lettinen is the back-to-back where they go Boston versus uh, Boston versus Detroit yep. after they play Colorado to come out of the break. Um, That'll be the third game in four nights. Yes, and it'll also be back-to-back too. Yep. So that's the next time I think we see Lettinen. Okay, I, I don't disagree. I just w- was interesting because Bruce was saying he, he thinks that. He doesn't. He's not sure if he wants Lettinen to not play for three weeks. And Bishop started eight in a row now. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But look, there's here's the thing. I think everybody on the Stars is going to have to battle rust after their bye week. Mm-hmm. That Colorado game is going to be a problem for everybody because they haven't done much in a week. Yeah. The longest layoff they'll have. I mean, they had trouble with a three-day holiday break. This is going to be twice as long. And so, into that point, I don't think. I don't think it matters. Yeah, exactly. At that point, I think it, that because of that, it's not a big deal. It's not like Kari Lettinen playing on Thursday this week will make Kari Lettinen better against Boston at noon. Exactly. Two weeks later. So that's so. my that's my final thought on that. So, yeah. the uh, I, I agree with you. I think we see Bishop on Thursday, and then we'll see if he has a, another good outing. 
then you go right back to him. If he doesn't, then maybe you play Carr against Edmonton just to finish. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. So, well, everyone, uh, hopefully the next game's a bit more fun to talk about. And uh, first Car Cast of 2018, not as exciting as the last one of 2017 for us. No, it was not. So, everyone, uh, have a good evening or good morning or whatever you're listening. Bye.